You're listening to the Athletic Motion Golf Podcast. I'm Mike Renato, and I'm here with my good buddy and co-founder in AMG, Sean Webb. We have one goal with this podcast, to help you improve your game. We're going to do that by showing you what the best players in the world do, and then show you how to incorporate those same moves into your own swing. And we're going to do it all in 15 minutes or less. Today's episode is brought to you by Live View Golf. We use the Live View Pro every day in lessons because it gives our golfers the necessary feedback for improvement. The Live View Pro is like having a swing studio in your pocket. It's a tool we recommend to anyone serious about improving their swing. Check it out at liveviewsports.com backslash AMG to get $40 off at checkout. All right, Sean, let's talk about today uh, in our 15 minutes here. Something that we all, every golfer needs to use equipment. Otherwise, you know, you're just kind of playing handball out there and you're going to get out driven. <laughs> you will be My out driven. My brother uses his foot sometimes. <laughs> you just blew up Corey. <laughs> <laughs> you got to keep an eye on him. All right. So well, let's, let's just pretend that no one uses a foot wedge and that we just, we're just stuck with the 14 clubs in the back. So, a question that we actually get fairly often is, okay, I'm I'm scheduled to come see you guys next month. You know, we're going to do gears. We're going to do all the pressure stuff. And I haven't been fit for my clubs in a while. Should I get fit before I come see you? Should I get my club specced out fit before I come see you? Usually the first question I'll ask as a follow-up is, what kind of player are you? What level of player are you? And I think that has a big influence on what you should do with equipment relative to making or work making swing changes or working on your swing and you, you do a lot yeah. of fittings there at 265 what do you think yeah you know it's you made a good point there you know a lot, i fit a lot of like normal golfers you know we've right. got a lot of members at the golf academy at david tom's academy and we have a lot of guys that come in from the surrounding areas and out of town you know they're normal normal golfers everyday businessmen that play golf everybody let's call them mid handicappers and, you know, what I usually tell them is, hey, you know, I know you signed up for club fitting, but this is going to be a about half lesson, half club fitting because, you know, I'll watch him hit 10 or 20 balls and I'm thinking, okay, this guy is so over the top that he's going to spec out at seven degrees upright. I mean, his, he's got the handle standing straight up at impact. He hits it off the toe right? because he's so over the top. And I'll say, listen, man, you know, I'm, I'll do the club fitting, but I'm going to fit you I'm going to fit you more towards what I think you will be once you make some of these swing changes. And and people appreciate that because a lot of people don't, a lot of people don't like the idea of just throwing a bandaid on it. They're like, no, no, I want to do this the right way. You know, I'm, inve- I'm invested in the game. I invest a lot of money and time into it. Tell me what my swing needs to do. And then, you know, eventually it should evolve where the, you know, I can fit it maybe into two degrees upright. And if they keep, working on their swing, that'll end up being about what they need. And that works a whole lot better because, you know, you might be able to give them, you know, five degrees upright, let's say, but they're still going to be hitting these toe balls. You just can't fix it. So what are you going to do? Make the club two inches longer? You know, it just, at some point, the swing has to be addressed. The swing faults have to be addressed. And and the way I do it is give them kind of a lesson and a club fitting. I can, they can still get new clubs, and, but it's actually going to help them because it's when I give them that little bit, like say flatter lie angle than what they fit out as in quotations, 
it's going to help them make the swing chains I'm trying to get them to make. And maybe those Tiger Woods edition blades aren't the best for them either. No, that, <laughs> no, that's a good point. So I get guys coming in that have 15 year old clubs, right? They, I mean, I had a guy come in, he had like Mizuno blades. I mean, this guy was, Hey, he was probably a 12 handicap, not really a good ball striker. And I'm, and he's just struggling and he's had steel stiff steel shafts and he maybe swung at 75 miles an hour and i'm thinking i'm about to change this guy's whole life if he will just listen to me you know so i went and got him um i think i put him in a seven a p790 tailor-made with like a steel fiber lightweight shaft regular flex feels kind of like graphite but has some stability and um you know i didn't touch his swing he had a you know, I just didn't, I just said, hit this and see what you think. I mean, and it was like a different golfer because of the way these clubs are made now, the weight, like, especially these hollow bodies, they're able to put weight kind of down the bottom of the club. The launch goes up, the spin rate comes down a little bit because of the high launch, you still get the descent angle. You need to hold the green. I mean, they might pick up 20 yards. Like the guy immediately picked up two clubs. I mean, he, he's so happy. And, and I think the takeaway from that is, you know, Play, play the clubs that are going to help you. Don't don't play a blade if you're really not peppering the ball out of the sweet spot every time. I mean, I, I look at it as far as, and this is a question we get a lot in lessons. You know, the guy will come in for a, a swing lesson, and then, you know, in the first three minutes, he's like, hey, take a look at my clubs. I'm I'm seeing this kind of, you know, and you're, you know, and he's normal-sized golfer, pretty normal spec clubs. And, you know, you know it's not just experience. You know it's not the clubs keeping him from – for making mm-hmm. the, the hitting the shots he wants. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you know, I'm thinking about getting some of those, you know, brand X blades. Like, what do mm-hmm. you think? And I was like, well, my, my response is always, how much do you want to be penalized for a miss? It's like great, everyone great on question, the PGA yeah. tour misses the sweet spot. Every golfer that's ever owned a set of clubs will miss the sweet spot. Now, the better you are, the smaller that miss, but you're going to miss the sweet spot. So how much do you want to be penalized for it? Do you want to be penalized 15 yards? If you're a 15 handicapper at 20 yards every time you miss the sweet spot, do you, I mean, you're going to spend more money in balls if you have a lot of water in your course. So everyone can hit the middle of the club face. How often do you hit it? And then how big of a penalty do you want to pay when you don't hit it? That's always been my philosophy for, like, should I play blades or should I play – cavity back and now there's so many good clubs out there that are forged and they have that great feel that are more friendly on misses that i don't i mean unless you just really want to be tested over every shot there's not a lot of reason for a lot of guys to play those true muscle back blades it it really does i mean i'm around david toms every single day he could be the most pure ball striker i've ever been around he doesn't miss a sweet spot he's not playing blades He's playing a forge cavity back. It's a blade looking, but he's not playing a true blade. There's not many guys anymore. There's not. I, I actually see more guys coming in taking lessons that have blades than I do see them on the PGA Tour, which is that's which probably, is amazing that's probably, in itself. I've seen more I two mean, irons from guys getting lessons, double-digit handicaps, than I've like, seen pros have it in their bag. Or, or yeah, like three irons. And I'll be like, I mean, David Tom doesn't even carry three irons. Yeah. I mean, he hits, he hits the sweet spot every <laughs> single time he's ever swinging a golf club. And this guy's a, you know, 10 handicap. He's got a three iron in the bag. Like, so try, try to play. Yeah. If you want to have more fun, try to find clubs that are uh, kind of fit 
your game and are a little more forgiving, like Mike said, how, how much do you want to be penalized when you miss a sweet spot? I mean, I like a, a forge feel, so I play a, a forge cavity back, so I get a little bit of help. But in the longer clubs, I prefer a little bit more of a forgiving club. So I might play uh, more of a hollow body, even a cast in the four iron. I've done that before. Mm-hmm. And um, some of the new sets are already progressive, which I think is a cool thing too. Yeah. Like through the set, you might have more bladish short irons. I actually really like that a lot. TaylorMade has a set called the 760s that it's a progressive set. It actually starts more bladish, and then in the long irons has a bunch of weight in the bottom with a bigger cavity. You kind of get the best of both worlds with that. I mean, you should set up your bag to have the most fun and to not be penalized the most. And whatever your skill level, that's going to look different. I think really where golfers have trouble with is in the low irons, you know, the scoring clubs. That Some golfers just don't like looking down there and seeing a shovel. That's where mm-hmm. the that's where those progressive sets and you can They're buy for that. you could buy three clubs from one set you can buy three clubs from another set and build your own progressive set and then have your wedges look more traditional you know you can do anything now these these equipment companies have gotten so good about allowing you to custom order one club that yeah. you don't have to go to the store and buy what's in stock you can literally have things made for you now as far as shafts go. Is another question we get all the time, and I'm I'm fortunate that I get you do a lot of club fittings. We at Cartersville here we have Pete Weber, who owns the Atlanta Cool Clubs, and he's right there at the club. And so I get to see Pete work with um, tour players all the way down, right to every level in between. And I will watch Pete change shafts to change impact location. Like he's not giving golf lessons. He's fitting clubs in the truest sense of the word, and he's great at it. He will move the impact location around based on the weight and flex profile of the shaft. And That's amazing. Essentially what he's doing is matching the, the shaft to fit your release. Mm-hmm. Right? You don't want it. That's why something like the better the golfer, you watch him fit some of these tour guys, and they'll make one swing with the club and hand it right back to him. Mm-hmm. Because they like, I'm so not changing sensitive. my swing to fit that shaft. But you'll see an amateur golfer who will like. They'll come in kind of wanting to like a certain brand shaft, or they see their favorite player plays brand X, and they'll want to play that same brand. They will hit 15 balls trying to make that shaft work. And Pete's like, well, let's let's try this one and see what happens. And they'll hit it, and it'll be right out of the middle. And they're like, eh, I still like that, you know. It, it's it's a totally different animal watching these two guys, these two classes of golfers getting fit. Like one's a one swing. If it doesn't fit my club, you can have it back. I'm trying something else. Or the other guy is trying to hit a bucket of balls to try to make that shaft work. And with regards to shaft, get in the, white ra- the, the right weight, get in the right length, and then find one that matches your release. Yeah. If your and release is terrible – yeah get fit for something yeah get fit for something that's going to be towards the release you want i was talking about this with um dr mike duffy at penn state mike and i are working on a a training aid project with him and and i got into a discussion discussion with dr duffy about this very same thing and he he makes a good point and just like mike just made every golfer and i'm going to sound a little scientific here has has a certain amount of linear and angular in their downswing you know, how much are they pulling on the grip? Then how much are they releasing? Like, so 
forces and torques, however you want to say it. Everyone's got a combination of that in their swing that's unique to them like a fingerprint. So I might have more linear than Mike. Uh, he might have more angular, but we both get to impact pretty good. But how the, those things happen and when they happen on the downswing, that determines more what shaft you're going to fit into than, than almost anything else. That, and, and those are the shafts, I think, when you grab them, they feel good. And what I like to do in club fittings now is I might not let someone hit more than three shots with the same shaft because your your brain is very adaptive. To yeah. making, so you're trying to you're trying to get them to hit something pretty good pretty quickly without having make minute adjustments, which they will do after about three mm -hmm. balls. The brain is powerful. So try it. If it doesn't work, try something else. Keep moving, keep moving. And all of a sudden, a lot of times something will click with that certain shaft and maybe head combination. And the, the earlier the release is something we've seen in gears, like guys who have earlier releases, right? They don't have a lot of lag. It The, the club cycle, so the club bends, you know, if you've ever seen the, the kind of a CPM tester where you clamp the, the grip of the club and you kind of flick the club head and it spins back and forth and it gives you a CPM number for the, the butt stiffness. So the club cycles, that cycles per minute. The club cycles multiple times during the swing. It's bending the entire golf swing. It's not a steel rod that has no flex. So and it's where, not staying in lag the whole no, time. No, no, it doesn't. Yeah. It, it goes into lead deflection. It's bending mm -hmm. forward and coming into impact, with even with steel shafts. So when that club goes through that last cycle, when it's kicking forward, right, will drastically affect your feel for where that club, because as it's kicking forward, the club face is changing. This Again, is this is all this is all independent of what you're doing. You're doing that things the, floating around down there yeah, at the bottom. It's essentially like that. The club free has body. It's, it's a, a free, free body. body. Yep. What you're doing with the handle does not translate one to one with what the club head's doing especially when you're looking at graphite shafts. So that last cycle down there by the ball when that club is going from lag deflection to lead deflection is really what you're trying to get fit for. And if you have an early 100%. release, you can play a hundred different shafts and it's all going to be the same because you've already let that cycle out and it's just kind of just coming through kind of dead. But if you're a late release guy, if you're a lot of guy that has a lot of lean and a lot of lag, that last cycle becomes critically important. Yes. I can vouch for that. Yeah, and, and we see it with that. gears. There's um, essentially, let's say if you move the club head 110 miles an hour, or just say 100 miles an hour, nice round figure. The shaft either contributes to that or it takes away from that. So on gears, we get that parameter. We'll say a guy moves 110 mile, or 100 miles an hour, and he's getting two miles an hour of that from shaft kick through impact. Mm -hmm. Or a guy moves 100 miles an hour, swing speed 100 miles an hour, he's losing two miles an hour of how the shaft's kicking. So that guy could be at 102 if he just gets a neutral shaft. So you start to see how these things play into effect. Then you got to start weighing, okay, is that extra kick forward going to fit my release? In some cases, yeah. In some cases, no. So you need to go with someone, when you're talking about shafts, and especially driver shafts that have it's like every year there's new variations of the same shaft. New, I mean, it's it's a lot to stay on top of. So once you have a stable enough golf swing, you definitely, definitely want to be put in the right weight driver shaft, the right length. So that can be, so you can have, if you can physically deliver 110 miles an hour, you don't want the shaft to take away three of that. And we see it all the time. You want the shaft to add three of that or at least keep it the same. 
So you definitely will do yourself a favor if you can get with someone who knows what they're looking at as a technology to know what they're looking at. Absolutely. I think it's a bigger deal than, than people realize, especially if you haven't been fit before, go find someone that's qualified. It'll make a massive difference. Absolutely. And um, get rest the night before. <laughs> get some sleep the night before because it's yeah, exhausting. You might be hitting a lot of balls. My dad, we're out of time. I got to tell this quick story. So my dad just got fit with Pete as a as a, a Father's Day present. He went and got fit with Pete, and I'm gonna, you know, we're gonna get him a, a driver that he that he got respect for. And he was so disappointed when he showed up for the fitting because it was just a driver fitting. He's like, "Why am I doing the whole bag?" I was like, "Pop, he's 75." So let's just do the driver fitting and see how you feel. And halfway through it, he was starting to get gassed. He was like, yeah, mm-hmm. this wouldn't have been good to get fit for irons too. So break them. Don't try to get a whole bag fitting. If you can space it out a little bit so you can be your freshest. You don't want to get fit for a club head when you're 80% speed and you're gassed than you would a shaft when you're hundred percent. That's a great point. So, yep. Give it, um, give it some thought when you're going through a major swing change don't spend a lot of money investing in the equipment change because your swing is going to change. And then when you do get it, get it. Somebody knows what they're doing and you're going to be a happy camper from it. So anything else we need to cover? No, I think that's it. But if you guys are enjoying these, please go over to iTunes. If you have some time, leave us a, a written review and a five star that helps more golfers find the podcast. And that's what we're trying to do. Help as many of you guys as possible. Awesome. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you on the next one.